0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Gate Alliance Church. We're so glad you could join us for this week's podcast. If you have any questions or want to learn how you can be more engaged in our church, check us out online at thegatechurch.ca. Thanks for listening and enjoy this week's podcast. I tell you, this message today is so important. It really is so important. so I'm coming into this with great reverence and respect. Um, for God's Word and what it means to your life and to my life today. I want to begin by talking to you about a specific moment in your life. It's a moment which takes place in the lives of thousands, tens of thousands of people every day. And though it's very common, this moment only happens to us once in our lifetime. And when it happens, it'll be the culmination of of all your life, the events of all your life. I'm talking about that moment when you'll come to take your last breath here on earth and enter into your eternity. And it will happen. That's why this is so important. It will happen whether you're rich or poor, young or old, whether you're powerful or seemingly uh, unimportant, whether you're popular or unknown. No one escapes This moment, no matter how much makeup you can apply to your face or how hard you work out on your body, no matter how healthy you eat, a day is going to come when you will take one more breath. And then life here, as you know it, will be over and you enter into eternity. Now, the Bible tells us there are one of two places where you will live out your eternity. You will either live it with God in heaven or without God in hell. And eternity is so much different than life as we know it here and now. Eternity is not temporary and finite. It's forever. Think about that, it's forever. That's why they call it eternity. On Good Friday, Jesus was crucified. Everyone saw him die, even his enemies. Then on that first Easter Sunday, Jesus demonstrated the power of the resurrection. Everyone saw that his tomb was empty, even his enemies. And for the next 40 days, people witnessed Jesus alive, teaching them about the kingdom of God. And for those next 40 days, people realized the power of the resurrected life. And after those 40 days, Jesus was taken up into heaven. And there are so many in heaven today, so many who are rejoicing because they are very, very, very glad they chose to follow Jesus and experienced his resurrection power in their life as well. And now here we are, many Easter's later. And we must consider our own life today, and how we are going to prepare for eternity. John Burke in his good book, Imagine Heaven, says this, how you think about heaven affects everything in life. How you prioritize love, how willing you are to sacrifice for the long term, how you view suffering, what you fear or don't fear. If you were a kid who loved uh, watching cartoons as, as I did, you saw heaven depicted in such a way very often as someone among the clouds, dressed like an angel, like my man Elmer Fudd is portrayed here. And many times the person in heaven is showing they're playing a harp. And God, he's often portrayed as this old guy with white hair and a long white beard. One day, Jesus was speaking with his disciples and and he gave them a real honest peek into what heaven is really about and what it's like. He said to them, there are more than enough room. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you. When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be where I am. So I want us to understand this point today. Heaven is a place. Heaven is not a mythical place. It is the holy place where Jesus, where God dwells and lives. So we're going to look at some points today. Number one, here's the first thing you need to know. Heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. Heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. In our text, Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Jesus says he's preparing a place in heaven for those who are now preparing a place for him in their lives right now. You see, heaven is not a place prepared for everyone, for not everyone is preparing for it. We heard last week where Jesus said this, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my father in heaven will enter. There are too many people who are fooling themselves thinking they're safe, thinking they will make it into heaven because they well I believe God exists or I, you know, I think I'm a good enough person that I deserve heaven. Some may think because, well, I go to church and I've even helped out sometimes that that is enough to equip me, to prepare me, to ready me, ready me for eternity with God in heaven. But Jesus is trying to make us understand those who will enter heaven are not the ones who merely say the words, say my words, but those who put my words into practice. Heaven is a prepared place for those who have prepared a place in their life now for Jesus. So you and I have the opportunity, you and I have this great opportunity to prepare today for what will happen tomorrow. It's never too late for us while we are still breathing. And if you're not ready to spend eternity with Jesus, you can change this today. In fact, at the end of the message, we will help you change that today. Christians, you know, they often refer to um, to God as their heavenly father, their loving heavenly father, because through faith in his son, Jesus Christ, we become adopted into his family with all the benefits of inheriting what God has. We we get the benefits of that because through Christ, we are adopted. The Bible says, for you are all children of God. How? Through faith in Christ Jesus. And as his child, you you receive the same spirit That was in Jesus, which enabled him to rise from the grave. So we have nothing to be fearful about. The Bible says to us, so you have not received the spirit that makes you fearful slaves. That's not what we received from Jesus. Instead, you received God's spirit when what? He adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, which really means daddy. Like a lovely way to say, you are my loving dad. Heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people, and these prepared people are now part of God's family. Um, in her little book entitled "Heaven: My Father's House," Anne Graham, uh, Lotz, daughter of the evangelist Billy Graham and his wife Ruth, writes this: "This helps me to understand. I tell about people, she says, who want to visit my father's home in western North Carolina. They drive up the long driveway and come to the gate. They knock on the gate and say, Billy Graham, let us in. We've read your books. We've watched you on TV. We have written to you and we want to come to your house. My father says, depart from me. I don't know you. You're not a member of my family and you have not made any arrangements to come. But when I drive up, she says, that same driveway and knock on the gate, I say, Daddy, this is Anne. I've come home. The gate is thrown right open. And I go inside because I am the father's child. Because heaven is God's house. Because heaven is God's house. He has the right to decide who comes in and who stays out. He says he will welcome anyone inside his house. But they have to be born again into his family through Jesus Christ. And that is possible. That's available To you and I today. And it gives us a wonderful hope that when that time comes, we can have this assurance at the end of this journey that we'll step right into the Father's arms. We'll be welcomed there because we are one of His through Christ. We are His child. And I wonder if you have made the necessary preparations in your life today to come home to God. On that day, when you breathe your last breath here on earth. If not, again, later in this message, we want to give the opportunity to change your life forever. So heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. Number two, heaven is a place where we are forever healed in love. We are healed and loved. You know, we know that we live in a broken world. We, we, we get that. All of us have gone through times of hurt, times of pain, times of trial. We have stories where we have been sick, when we've been very much afraid. And heaven, all those fears and pain will dissolve. For Jesus says this about heaven, you will be always with me where I am. You see, where Jesus is, there is no sin. And where there's no sin, there's no sickness and tears and hurt. Heaven is where the brokenness of sin ends and the peace and the love and the healing of Christ begins forever. The Bible is very clear about heaven. It says, look, God's home, right? This is his house. God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with him. So there's no sin. God will not dwell with sin. He will wipe away, he will wipe every tear from their eyes and there'll be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone, how long? Forever. I've always been fascinated with the stories of people who've had a little peek into heaven. Those who for all intents and purposes have died, have glimpsed into heaven and were able to come back and tell us. What they saw and experienced. Um, one of these was my dad. My dad was born to missionary parents in mainland China. And when my father was a boy in China, he became sick with a parasite that attacked his liver. And uh, later in life, um, in his late 20s, that, that that parasite attacked again viciously. And he began very to be very sick. And this was before they did liver transplants. While I was in the hospital, surrounded with my, by my mom, his mom, my grandmother, and his brother, my uncle, he died and was gone. But then a few moments later, he came back and I told my mom and those in the room he was heading towards heaven when he heard my mom calling out his name. And so he decided to come back. And I asked my uncle, you know, who was also there. I've heard my mom tell the story. I said, what did you, what did dad say to you about this experience? And so just recently he wrote me and he said this. Your dad told me he was floating above the bed, looking down at himself and your mom. He heard her calling. But he told me he was so disappointed that she kept calling him because he was feeling so wonderfully at peace at what he saw and heard at the opening of a bright tunnel. He said he realized that he had a choice, either to keep going towards the light or coming back. He told me that he he very reluctantly made the choice to come back because of the love and responsibility he felt for his family. And I think he lived for maybe a few more months, but then eventually died and went home forever. My dad was 30 years old. I was seven. And I've always been fascinated with that story. And if you heard his story, you hear this being told again and again, so I don't think it's coincidence. So I've been interested in talking to people. One of those was Todd Burpo, who wrote the book, Heaven is for Real, and his son Colton, the experience that he had. And I had the opportunity to sit down with Todd uh, for a few days. I had lunch with him and talked to him about these experiences just across the table, face to face. And it's just so exciting to hear Um what heaven, just the understanding, what is waiting for us? Uh, that book I mentioned earlier, Imagine Heaven, John Burke did some serious case studies. I mean, really, uh, <laughs> very scientific, very thought out, well planned case studies into people who have had these same, uh, experiences, uh, going to heaven and coming back. And what I'm learning, what you learn from reading his book and, and the talking with others is that those people, the central theme of what they first experience is a great love, the great love God has for them. People are overwhelmed by how much God loves him. One fellow in the book Imagine Heaven said, an astonishing love, a love beyond my wildest imagining. This, This love knew every unlovable thing about me, the quarrels with my stepmother, my explosive temper, the sex thoughts I could never control, every mean, selfish thought and action since the day I was born and accepted And loved me just the same. Not only will you be overwhelmed by how much God loves you, you will be aware of having a new body. It will be you, but without the aches and the pains of this fleshly temple we now have. Our new spiritual bodies are a promise to us from God. We read in the scripture and we heard it said this morning, for you know, when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house, there it is again, in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. We we grow weary in our present bodies and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing, for we will put on heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits without bodies. So we're going to have bodies. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and we sigh. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us, right? Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. And we would rather be away from these earthly bodies for then we will be at home with the Lord. So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please Him today, tomorrow, and forever. And not only, not only is the Lord preparing a place specifically for you to live forever, but He is also giving you a new body to live in that prepared place forever. Thirdly, heaven is a place Jesus will come and lead you home. Heaven is a place where Jesus will come to you and lead you home. As you approach your last breath, you may wonder, what happens now? Like, where do I go? What do I do? I don't know. I don't understand. I I, I don't want, I'm not sure what to do. Is there a map? Is there, how do I get there? The answer is reassuring and simple. And Jesus says to us in our text today, when everything is ready, I will come and get you. (sighs) When everything's ready. Don't worry, I'll be there. I'll come to you and I will get you. You don't have to worry. Jesus says, I'll take care of everything. I'll give you a new body. I'll give you a new place to live and I'll be there to take you home. God says to us in his word, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living in within you. So when we are talking about being a Christian, we often refer to it as asking Jesus into my life. And that's exactly what we're doing. We're asking the spirit of God to live, to dwell in me as if I'm I'm a temple. I'm a place where God reigns and dwells and lives. So you're inviting the spirit of God into your life. And this spirit of God is the same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead, it says in scripture. When you become a Christian, you're not receiving a secondhand, leftover, downgraded spirit of God. You have the same resurrection power available to you that was available to Jesus on that last day of his last breath. That is the promise of God. That as Jesus rose from the dead, you will raise from the dead and Jesus will be there waiting and welcome you and taking you home. No wonder we celebrate this Easter Event. And no matter what you've done, I mean, you can, you can make this decision today, no matter what you've done, no matter how deep the shame you carry in your life, Jesus will forgive you and live in you and he will carry you home. You just have to trust him. I've had the opportunity to be with quite a few people when they die, when they take their last breath. I think the most... um Stunning one was when a man by the name of Noble died. And it's a long story. I'm not going to tell the long story, but let me just get to the very uh, short of it. Noble was uh, the man who was known as the um, town alcoholic. And uh, I had led his brother to the Lord earlier, a man who changed his life from not knowing God, the loving God, and people noticed the peace in his brother's life so much. They said, what happened? So at his funeral, I told people, this is what happened, Jesus. But his brother Noble had not accepted the Lord, and he was living a very reckless life. And one day, uh, his sister-in-law called me and said, Noble's in hospital, it's a Saturday, could you visit him? So I went in and I saw Noble, he was awake, and just wanted to make small talk, wasn't interested in spiritual things whatsoever. And so I said, okay, Noble, let me just pray for you, and I'll come back and see you again. That was Saturday, and Monday, his sister-in-law called me back frantically. He's in a coma. He's not going to make it. Can you come? And I came right away, praying all the way to that hospital. God, help me. Stand in the gap. I got to his hospital room, and Noble was lying in his bed in a coma, and the sisters, he had his two sisters there, sister-in-laws, and so they left. There was one sister and one sister-in-law. And Noble's lying there, and I'm trusting that he can hear me. They sometimes say when people are in a coma, they, they can hear you. So I'm saying, I led Noble. I said, I said you know, Noble, <laughs> you're at the end of your life. You need to accept Christ into your life. There's an eternity ahead of you. As I'm talking to him, I'm realizing God just gives me the sense he doesn't feel worthy. He feels shame for his life. In fact, I think he was involved in a DUI that killed someone at one point and he left the province. Uh, He was known as, you know, for, for the town drunk as it were. And God just says he doesn't feel noble. So start talking to him about how I can make him well. And he is loved and cared for, said, noble, I know what you've done. I have done things. You have done things. We all fall short of the glory of God. All of us have sinned. I have sinned, noble. And I feel like maybe you feel like you have shame. You can't, that God does not want you. He does want you to trust him. And I led him through the steps, the same steps I'm gonna lead you through at the end of this message, that's him to accept the Lord, ask for forgiveness, admit that he's a sinner, ask him to come into his life, even here in these last moments. I said, noble, if this is the decision you wanna make, the how, he's not, how can I get him? He's not responding. He said, move your thumb. And I looked and his thumb began to move. And I went, oh no, that, that's, that's a coincidence. So I led him through the whole steps again. Noble, I know you feel ashamed. I know you feel not worthy, but God loves you and wants you and, and will forgive you. Would you ask him to forgive you and, and commit your life to him and ask him to live in you? And if that's your response, Noble, move your thumb. And he did it again. I said, one more time, Noble. You know, I let him through. I said, Noble, if this is his response, move your thumb. And again, he moved his thumb. I'm so excited because I know he's hearing me. And he's committing his life to Christ. And just then his sister and sister-in-law walked in and I moved away from the bed. I kept saying to Noble, trust him, trust him, trust him. And as I walked away from the bed, I heard his sisters go, ah! and I turned around saw Noble sitting up in his bed, looking at me, staring at me. And I'm sure he saw angels or he saw Christ in that moment. I just said, Noble, trust him. Trust him. He wants you. He loves you. Would you trust him? And Noble looked and he laid back and he died. Do you know, I told that story oh, maybe 10 or 15 years later at another church far away. And after the service, a man by the name of Tony came up. And Tony was a a man who just started coming to our church. He was a believer. He was involved in our missions to El Salvador. And Tony knew, God told Tony to come to that church that day, to come to that service, though he was attending somewhere else. And he walked up to me, and he called out the names of those two men, Noble and his brother Lloyd, who who we led to the Lord, and then said their last name. I said, Tony, how did you know their last names? I never mentioned their last names. He goes, I know Lloyd and Noble. They were my drinking buddies back in the day, those few hours away where they lived. And now I know I'm going to see them in heaven. And God just blessed us that day. That my very first church where Lloyd and Noble lived in the community. We used to have an Easter sunrise service. And while it was still dark, we gathered, in fact, others in the community would come and gather in the sanctuary, and we had a little liturgical service in this little rural church up on Blue Mountain. And then at the end, we would go out, and behind the church was this hill, big rugged hill, where we had put a cross, big, huge wooden cross. You could see it coming down the road, and people would often come in and just look at it and and see this cross. Often, they would walk up to this cross. and On the Easter sunrise service, every morning, we walked up to the cross as a church, And we gathered around in a circle at the foot of this cross and we shared testimonies, how God has been faithful to us in this past year. And after everyone testified, we would sing, He is Lord, He is Lord, He is risen from the dead, He is Lord. That cross became such an important, beautiful place. I would go up there often throughout the year and look forward to every Easter sunrise. And it got to be that I wasn't the only one who felt that way. For often you go up to that cross and you'd find someone who left the cremated ashes there. They asked for their ashes to be left at the foot of the cross as they embraced their new life with Christ. What a powerful symbol. I leave the old here. The ashes are here at the foot of the cross where Jesus transformed me and changed me. And now I am with him in a new body in heaven forever. And so we'd go up there and say, well, Someone's left their ashes. Another one has gone home. Finally, not only is heaven a place where God will come and get you and take you home, that you can trust him. Heaven is a place with lots of fun and joy. I don't know who had the idea or why the world thinks this is a boring place. I don't know. Heaven is fun. It's not boring whatsoever. The most common denominator of those who died that we talked about, those who died and come back, They don't want to come back. That's the central thing. They they go to heaven and there's such a the feeling of love and acceptance and warmth and a new body. They don't want to come back to earth. But for some reason, they do. I know my dad didn't want to come back the first time. He was very honest and said, I'm okay. He wanted my mom to know I'm at peace. This is a great place. Don't worry about me when I go. The Bible says, No, you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. This is heaven. And to countless thousands of angels. What? And a joyful gathering. And a joyful gathering. That's what it's like when Jesus talked to those three servants. his parable of the talents. The two who were faithful and were ready and prepared. They came to Jesus and Jesus said to them, you have been faithful. And what did he say? Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities let's celebrate together. Come into my presence, let's celebrate together. That's the most common denominator those who have had died, had a taste of heaven is this, they don't want to come back because heaven is a celebration. C.S. Lewis said it this way, joy is the serious business of heaven. So this Easter, 2021, are you ready? Are you prepared for the most important decision of your life? How can you prepare right now to, for a life with God forever? I'm going to lead you through those. that. Number one, believe that you are loved and accepted by God. Just so I had to convince Noble. I know what you've done. We, I know, understand the shame. I have shame too, but understand that you are loved and, and God wants to accept you. Can you tell yourself that no matter what you carry, what other burdens of guilt you have, you carry with you? Believe that you are loved and accepted by God. Number two, admit that you are a sinner. Acknowledge your sins. Admit I've fallen short. I am not. I am not worthy of. of I, I've I have sinned against God, and you know. And even you can even tell God these are the sins. These are I want you to confess these to you. I'm sorry for these. I'm aware of these. I aware how I've fallen short of what you would. Have me to be. And then commit your life to Christ. Accept what God has done through Christ by faith. Receive his salvation. Receive what Jesus did on the cross. Receive it for you personally. Make it personal, Jesus I accept what you did on the cross. You paid for my sin. You paid the price that I should be paying, and you're doing it for me. I'm humbled. I surrender. I accept it. Thank you. And then finally, live a life of gratitude to God. You see, a lot of people think they live, do these rules and do these things to earn God's salvation. No, that is the response When you realize that I'm a sinner and God loves me and accepts me and Christ died for me, you want to respond in thanksgiving and thankfulness. You want to worship him. You want to sing about him. You want to know more about him. No one's making you. This is a natural response, a life of gratitude. I want to serve you. I want to know you. God, I'm so grateful for what you've done. I'm here out of my own will, wanting, wanting, wanting to know you and to serve you. For our take two today, we're going to change it up a little bit. Normally, we say take these two minutes and hear what God would have to say to you and how you'd respond to him. We'll still do that, but I want to put up these four steps again. I want you to take these four minutes, if you need to, to go over them and make them your own. Believe that you're loved and accepted by God. Take, Take some time and just really trust when God says, I love you and I accept you. Admit the or a sinner. Acknowledge your sins. Name them. Write them out if you need to be. And then delete them because God, number three, commit your life to Christ. He paid for those sins. He's deleted those sins. And then fourthly, live a life of gratitude to God. I will tell you, we will fail. I'm telling you that it will be a journey. That's that's our testimony. Don't let the enemy say, well, you'll never do it. You'll never be good enough. You you are now seeing God, the Father sees you as he looks onto his own son, Jesus Christ, who is perfect. Jesus lives in us. So he doesn't see Mark Royal. He sees the righteousness of Christ in me. But I live a life of gratitude. I'm not, I don't treat this lightly. I am serious. I am following him. I want to know him. I want to be obedient to him. Believe, admit, commit, and live a life of gratitude. Let's take those two minutes and and let's meet with the Lord. two minutes were very helpful to you. It was a life-changing moment for you. I just want to close this Easter service in prayer. Let's do that together. Oh, Father, thank you for revealing your love, your plan of salvation to us today. My heart is saddened for those, God, who, who don't want to hear it, who don't want to face it, God. I don't understand why, but God, I thank you for these here today who have said, God, I need to talk to you about my eternity and have taken those steps. God, bless them, encourage them, help them as they journey through life and, and the successes and the trials, and you'll be there. And the failures, you will forgive them when they ask. But God, all this journey today begins, the journey home to be with you in a prepared place for you, for them, for a a new body for them, for joy for them, forever. God, there's no better decision. Nothing more that would, nothing more could uh, excite us than know that we have purpose and a future in you. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you made that decision, I would love to be praying for you. It's just, I just want to know just to help. So email us at, the welcome at thechurchgate.ca or my own email, mark at thegatechurch.ca. I honestly would love to hear from you and cheer you on and pray for you and be a friend and be a brother to help you. And as you begin this new journey, home. God bless you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We make these messages available to give you a window into our church, but also an open gate for you to join in our community our sunday service is at 10 a.m and we look forward to seeing you soon and know that there is a place for you at the gate please remember to visit thegatechurch.ca for more information about our church